all teams have wins in the championship series now. We'll take a quick look at that and just see what the series are looking like right now. Can the Dodgers fix former stars or are they only able to fix a reclamation style project guys? And is the Dodgers hitting philosophy the issue in October? We'll talk about all that and more. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And once you find us, you should might as well subscribe because you can get notified when our episodes are ready for you every Monday through Friday. Every weekday morning, we're here for you for about 30 minutes. If you want to become an everydayer, it's very easy. All you have to do is listen or watch every day, and boom, you're an everydayer. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Samperio, and I'm usually joined by Joe, by a co-host, Jeff Snyder, but uh, it's just me today. But either way, Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans that have been consumed or consumed a lot of Dodger baseball. We've both covered the team. We've both written about baseball. We've both interviewed players. We've both done a lot of things around the Dodgers. We're not quite insiders. We're just here to bring you what we believe is a smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. And uh, that's what I'm here to do today, uh, as we're here to do every day. There's not a lot going on in the world of Dodgers right now because the postseason is going on. So any free agency or anything like that um, can't start until the World Series ends. But there's still topics to talk about. And uh, because the Dodgers lost so early, there's, that means there's a lot of things we can talk about in terms of why did they lose, what can they do, things of that nature. And that's what's coming up later. But first, we'll, we'll just talk about, you know, I don't know how many of you are still paying attention to the MLB playoffs. The, you know, we've talked about it on here, obviously. Um, but again, if you aren't a fan of the playoffs once the Dodgers are out, then I can understand it. But if you are still a fan or you still want to keep up with it, uh, we'll give you a quick little update right here. So last night there was two games. The Phillies lost to the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks walked off the Phillies, uh, off Craig Kimbrell. And uh, if anything, I do not miss the Craig Kimbrell experience. He's gotten some big outs for the Phillies this postseason, but uh, it's been stressful. If I was a Phillies fan, I for sure have, would have been stressed every single time he's touched the mound so far, even in a clean inning, uh, which doesn't happen very often. It's still the same Craig Kimbrough experience from last year. But, uh, yeah, so on the Phillies and, and D-back series, it was one of those games where it became a pitcher's duel, and it was Ranger Suarez versus Brandon Fott, and nobody had scored through five innings, and it was one of those where you didn't know how the game was going to go because both teams had somewhat rested bullpens with the day off right before, and 
they hadn't really used like none of their main guys. Like the D backs lost the other night, but they got blown out, so they didn't have to use none of their main guys. The Phillies have gotten some some extended starts from their starting pitching, so they haven't had to use too many of their arms either. But uh, it was one of those games where you see, you know, a lot of times Dodger fans are mad at either Dave Roberts or the front office or whatever analytics uh, for taking out pitchers earlier than, you know, when they're cruising and you still take them out just because they're going to face lineup for the third time or, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And just a reminder that the Dodgers aren't the only ones that do that. Obviously, we know that because Kevin Cash took out Blake Snell in the 2020 World Series, and that you know seemingly catapulted the Dodgers to that Game Six win. Um, the Dodgers have done it, you know, Rich Hill that one time, Tyler Anderson maybe last year. You know, the Dodgers have had their fair share of frustrations with taking out pitchers a little bit early, and this one. You know, Brandon Fott had not given up any runs and was seemingly cruising through five and two-thirds. Uh, then they take him out to finish out the sixth inning. Ranger Suarez also came out a little bit earlier than maybe expected, but he had at least given up a double, so it was uh, a little bit more warranted, I guess. If you were watching the alt cast, Pedro Martinez was mad when they took out Brandon Fott. And I'm sure some other people didn't agree with the situation, but if you're going to judge straight by wins and losses and forget the actual things that go on during the game, Tori Lavulo made the right move by taking out Brandon Fott because why? They ended up winning. And, you know, Brandon Thompson, or not Brandon Thompson, Thompson, I forget his first name for the Phillies. Um, I don't think he made, he didn't make the wrong move because they didn't score that inning but they didn't end up losing, so you never know. Uh, on the AL side, the series was 2-0 in favor of the Rangers, and then the series came back to Arlington, and now the series is tied 2-2. Former Dodger Andrew Heaney started the game for the Rangers and uh, kept up the trend of Dodger and former Dodger pitching, I guess, in the sense of, he did not make it out of the first inning. He gave up three runs, and he was done before the first inning was over. And the Rangers did end up climbing back and tying the game 3-3. Three to three. But then after that, it was a shellacking on the Padres' end. And ended up winning, I think, 10-3 was the final score uh, by the time the ninth inning was over. So it, it was – that's the thing with these Astros and – you know, I think the Astros of they—they they still have that villain. You know, they're still the—if anything in in all the baseball, they're still the villain of the sport. I do think the ire and everything else has dropped a little bit in recent years in terms of how strong it was before. But I mean, we're well past the point of even if you think they cheated up until 2019, we're past that point now. You know, for four years. And different players, some of the same players, different players, and they're still getting the job done. And it is something, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you try to figure out, you know, how the how the Astros doing this or, or you know, whatever the case. And it, it's weird because it, you, you could say, oh, it's because their stars actually come through, which is true. You know, Jordan Alvarez is an absolute 
beast in the playoffs. And, and you know, that one might hurt Dodger fans because the Dodgers had Jordan Alvarez, although the everything around why the Dodgers had him, you know, there's been speculation that they really only had him because Astros kind of asked them, hey, can you hold on to this guy for us or whatever the case. Um, but, you know, it, it's not like, you know, all their guys hit, you know, Tuve last year, the start to the playoffs, what was he like? Oh, for some, oh, for 20 something before he finally got a hit. Um, you know, Kyle Tucker this year is struggling, um, but they just get enough done. And, you know, Jose Abreu's had a big postseason for them. Um, him and Jordan both have, I think, four home, four plus home runs, 10 plus RBI. Like that's your guys hitting, getting the job done. And, you know, you have enough good pitching. Uh, to get through it, you know, that, and that's the other difference is like they actually have four starters uh, that were able to, you know, throw more than four, three, four innings. Uh, you know, they have Verlander and Framber, and those are actually the two guys that got the loss. And then they follow up with Christian Javier and and Jose Urquidy, and and you know, both of those guys have had struggles in, in regular season or whatever, but they've also pitched a lot of innings in the postseason, and you know, it's kind of helped them out here. So. It's, you know, the Astros are, are still villains, you know, still don't like their fan. I don't care about the team really anymore. There's not that many players from the 2017 team. Their fans, I still don't, not a fan of their fans, just, you know, because why would I be? But they are something to look at in terms of how to, you know, the Dodgers have been able to build a sustainable winner in the regular season. The Astros have been able to do that in the regular season and the postseason. And it is something to be maybe slight, not envious, uh, or maybe a little envious of, depending how you feel, but also just something to see, like, you know, how are they doing it and, and how can the Dodgers do that? So speaking of that, uh, there's a couple of topics I have here coming up. One of them is can Dodgers fix former stars or, or you know, can they only really fix those that, that haven't been able to find success on their own? in the major league so that's what's on tap so make sure to keep it locked on dodgers today's episode is brought to you by jace medical there's a lot of uncertainty today in the world and it's important to be prepared you know just in the last year we've seen the fires in hawaii we've you know there's hurricanes and tornadoes in in florida and, and down there in the south uh, you know, we're always waiting for an earthquake here in California, it seems like. And beyond that, like around the world, like the unrest in the Middle East right now, uh, we've had the issue in, in, you know, with Ukraine and Russia. And that might not affect us directly in terms of other things, but it can affect us in terms of a global chain supply getting shorted and uh, and issues coming up from from that. And that's why Jace Medical is here because they have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you, you don't want to get caught off guard. You want to be ready to go. And Jace Medical can help you with that, with their Jace case. It's easy to get your own Jace case. All you got to do is go online, fill out the form, uh, potentially speak to a doctor and boom, a few days later, your Jace case is here and you're ready to go for anything. And the best part is you're, you're not just cut off after that. You can keep having uh, consultations with those doctors and, and try to, you know, 
make sure that you're you're set for whatever happens so go check out jace medical right now and see what you can get in your jace case and now you can even customize your jace case and get dozens of add-on medications and and you can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's needs so jace case is here jace medical can help you out if you go to jacemedical.com and enter code locked on at checkout you'll get a 20 dollars discount that's 20 dollars off your order with the promo code locked on at jace medical that's j-a-s-e medical.com i want to thank you for making locked on dodgers your first listen of the day every day make sure to become an everydayer by listening or watching every day and make sure to tell your friends and family about us and you know get you guys can all be everydayers together and uh it'll be a lot more enjoyable because you guys can discuss what we discuss in the show uh serious xm can help you listen to the games right now if you want to listen or next season you can listen to dodger games if you search dodgers on serious xm or the sxm app all right so we had a question from our buddy pat dwyer and he says do guys do you guys think the Dodgers do better developing journeymen pitchers into serviceable or elite major leaguers than they do with reclamation projects on former star pitchers? Thinking about Syndergaard and Kimbrell and to a lesser extent Lance Lynn versus guys like Phillips, Almonte, Tyler Anderson, etc. And it's a good question. And it's one of those where I don't think the sample size is big enough yet in order to in the same, I don't think the sample size in terms of like former stars uh, trying to get fixed is big enough yet because, you know, Craig Kimbrell was acquired late into spring training right before the season started. And I honestly don't think they really changed anything with Ken, Craig Kimbrell. They just kind of let him be who he's been and kind of go out there. We didn't see much change in pitch sequence and we didn't you know throughout the year we didn't see much change in the sense of his delivery or anything like like we didn't see any he was just kind of bad all season for the Dodgers he had the stretch the let it go stretch where he was he had better results for a little while it's not necessarily that he was better pitcher and it kind of went from there and you look at in the last two years, he had a 3.75 ERA with the Dodgers last year. He had a 3.26 ERA this year with the Phillies. But you look at the FIP, and he had a 3.23 FIP with the Dodgers last year and 3.81 Phillies. So he was a little bit unlucky last year, and he was a little bit more lucky this year. So his WHIP did go down from 1317 to 104.3. So he did allow less. He did strike out a little bit more. And he did allow a little uh, or a little bit less hits. Uh, same amount of walks, although he he had a little bit more innings this year pitching. So it, it's not like a lot changed for Kimbrough. He just had a little bit more success and, and a little bit more luck in the sense of how he how he did for the Dodgers. Um, so you know, I, it's one of those where like they didn't really change him. He just got here and they kind of just wanted him to work out and it didn't work out. Noah Syndergaard is probably the one, you know, Lance Lynn saying he, he got here. They tried to change up his, his sequencing a little bit. They tried to say, Hey, you're only going to throw three, four innings. So empty the tank. Uh, and it didn't quite work out. And especially in the postseason, you go back and look at some of those pitches he made uh, for the four straight home runs and 
They're just non-competitive pitches. When it comes to Syndergaard, that's probably the one where you can say, you know what, it didn't work out. Obviously, it, there was a few different factors to that. His velocity never came back. And without the velocity, you know, that's a complete overhaul for a pitcher, and I don't think they would even have enough time. It would take a full offseason to kind of work on that. And, you know, it, it seemed like Syndergaard came here to get help, and then some of the stuff that he was saying – as he was going or even after he got traded, you know, kind of alluded to they didn't really let me do my thing. Whatever the case was, it just didn't work out. And I think it's harder with guys, you know, in general, it's harder with guys that have had success and good success because, you know, you might not want to admit that, you need help or, or, or you might not want to change things or it's a lot harder to change things because, you know, you are a veteran and and it's one of those things where you look at, you know, a guy like Jason Hayward, who he'd been on the decline in terms of numbers the last few years, he had a hot 2020, but other than that, like he had been on the decline for a few years and, you know, he overhauled his whole swing and that wasn't started by the Dodgers. He had already been making those changes and then the Dodgers just kind of helped him keep going with that. Same with Justin Turner, you know, same with Chris Taylor. Like these guys, or or maybe Chris Taylor a little bit less, but most of these guys had already wanted to make swing changes or had made the swing change or in the process of it before they got to the Dodgers. And then the Dodgers just kind of helped them finish it through. Whereas, you know, Syndergaard, Kimbrell, Lynn, those guys weren't necessarily reinventing the wheel. They were just hoping for uh, you know, sequencing or whatever the case to help them out, or just in general, they weren't like Lance Lynn probably wasn't looking for necessarily too much help. Uh, you know, Craig Kimbrell probably wasn't looking for too much help. Syndergaard was, it just didn't work out when it comes to like reclamation projects. And, you know, I think it's one of those where if the Dodgers acquire you or go after you, there's a reason for it for the most part. And what we've seen with like Tyler Anderson and Almonte and Evan Phillips is they usually can find one thing that you succeed or that you do well and they want you to harness that. You know, with Almonte, it was the sweeper and the off speed. And, and with, you know, Tyler Anderson, honestly, I don't know because he didn't have a good year in Anaheim. Uh, and he was really good with the Dodgers. And I, could, I would imagine it's just a matter of the, the pitch sequencing and pitch calling and being comfortable with the Dodgers. It's not like he reinvented the wheel here um he just had a good year you know guys like andrew heaney you know parlayed his year here into something and i I think it's just a matter of the dodgers focusing on what you're good at if you can throw a slider that that guys hit 120 off of then you're probably going to throw that slider more often and and if it ends up getting hit more then they'll figure it out from that case but if not then you're just going to keep throwing that slider in there or keep throwing that changeup or keep throwing that curb arc or keep throwing the fastball like whatever you're good at they're going to continue to find ways for you to to utilize that and i think it's a lot easier with guys that are journeymen or haven't had all-star years or whatever the case um, but i do think the dodgers could help out guys like that but it would have to be you know a long, especially when it comes to pitchers, hitters a little bit different, but with pitchers, it's a, it's a longer haul. Like you're, com- you're either going to completely reinvent the way they throw in order to maximize something. You're going to completely, you know, revamp how they throw in terms of what pitches and everything else. And you're going to have to do all that while getting buy-in from the player. And I think that might be where it comes from is like, 
you have more buy-in from guys that haven't had that success than guys who have. That's just natural. Like, you know, I'm sure Noah Syndergaard didn't want to come and not pitch well for the Dodgers. It just happened to work out that way. But, you know, did he have 100% buy-in? I don't know. And did the stuff come back in a sense of velocity? No. So that, it all contributed to that. So I think it's easier, but I do think, you know, if there was a pitcher that came to the Dodgers and said, like, you know, mold me how you want, I do think the Dodgers would be able to at least help them out in, in a certain extent. So the Dodgers and hitting in the postseason, uh, two of my non-favorite things when they're combined together uh, is the Dodgers hitting philosophy the, is- philosophy, the issue when it comes to October We'll talk about that. Make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sleeper app. MLB playoffs are here, but there's not much left. So the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Remember, the Sleeper app is easy to use. It's it's You're making picks, basically, and, and you're not making picks necessarily on What's going to happen in the game, or what's going to happen, blah, 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 or like who the outcome of the game, or anything like that? You're more making picks on players, and you can go player based with it. And what you do is you pick a player, and there's different stats to toggle, and you pick which stat you want to look at, and it'll give you a number, and it'll give you a more or less than that number. And you make a pick of is that player going to have more? than that number or less than that number in the game and that's one pick and you can do that up to eight times and if you do that up to eight times there's a chance for you to win up to 100 times your cash on this daily fantasy baseball so go check it out the there's two games again tonight there's the astros and there's the rangers and there's phillies and there's the diamondbacks if you think bryce harper is going to homer go check out bryce harper homer and if it's 0.5 then you pick more and it's and if you don't think he's in homer, 0.5, you go less. If you think Corey Seager's in homer or have more than two total bases, uh, then you go for more for total bases or you go for less for total bases. That's all you got to do. It's easy. All you got to do is make your picks and uh, see what happens. And if you do use it or if you have some friends and you guys all want to use it together, there's some group chat functionality in the app that can make it look fun, that can make it great. Entries can be made real quick. So last minute, you're like, hey, you know, I have a good feeling about this. You can go check that out. So go get the sleeper app right now. And if you use the promo code locked on, you get up to $100 match on your first deposit. That's $100 match on your first deposit with the promo code locked on with the sleeper app. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers, terms used for details. Go check out sleeper today. Want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. Want to thank you if you're an everydayer. If you're not an everydayer, all you got to do is start listening and watching every day. And boom, you're part of the club. If you want to, SiriusXM or the SXM app can help you listen to games that are going on right now, or you can wait till next season and they can help you out with Dodger games then. All right, let's talk about Dodgers and hitting. And we have quotes from Max Muncy and quotes from Trey Turner, um, and both might lend themselves into each other in terms of Dodgers hitting philosophy. So Max Muncy was on the Foul Territory show and – he talked about Dodgers hitting. He said, quote, what's funny is we've tried to dig into this a bunch, especially on the offensive side. We really dug into it about why things are so different for us in the postseason. And every year we look at the numbers. And last year, in terms of chase rate outside the zone, we were like first or second best. And then the two teams that made the World Series were first and second worst at chase rate. 
So we start looking into that kind of stuff, and these are the teams that are making it to the World Series. They're going up there, and they're getting their swings off, whereas we're being too disciplined, and that's almost where it seems like we just got to flip the script and go up there and start hacking. And that's interesting because in game three against Brandon Fott, it did seem the Dodgers went up there and started hacking, but they weren't getting good enough they you know they weren't hitting they didn't score runs they weren't making hard enough contact they weren't finding gap like i just you know i don't know how to explain what the issue is when it comes to october but i do think it's probably a combination of things and and the other part of this is trey turner kind of talked about the phillies and, and how their hitters meetings go and he said Trey Turner described Phillies hitters meetings as very effective in part because they are not overly complicated, a lot less information in a good way. He said, when asked to compare to other teams, we're keeping it pretty simple. He also said, quote, don't overthink it. Keep it simple. Get a good pitch to hit and put a good swing on it. Sometimes we forget that, especially with all the mechanics and everything. Now, I don't think this is like a direct shot at the Dodgers or anything, but I'm sure the Dodgers are one of those teams that do have a lot of information and hitters meetings you know, may have that. And, you know, we've even seen from the Dodgers, you know, Freddie Freeman last year kind of kind of told guys and, and they kind of made it a rule, like no iPads during the game. Like people were overanalyzing every swing and every pitch and everything else. And, you know, just kind of go out there and, and feel for it. And I think that's kind of the part of this with the Dodgers is, you know, maybe sometimes too much information is just exactly what that is, too much information. And, and this is not to knock the way the Dodgers operate and or anything like that. It's just a matter of, like, it might be as simple as that. We don't know. Like, I, you know, you never know something is for sure. And even if, let's just say, the Dodgers next year in the playoffs say, hey, we're going to keep it simple, whatever, and that works. And then it's like, okay, cool. Like, we figured it out. Like, no, maybe the next year it doesn't work. Like, I'm sure, you know, the Phillies probably kept it simple against Astros last year and they still lost. You know, there, there's different things. And, you know, the Astros maybe kept it simple. Like, the direct, even here right now, direct, Brandon fought. Dodgers, no runs in whatever, three and some innings. Phillies, no runs in five and two-thirds against him. So, keeping it simple, scored zero runs. Dodgers philosophy, scored zero runs. It's just a matter of getting it done when you need to. But it, it, it I do think that maybe when it comes to the postseason, and, and this is where it's kind of tough because, you know, the first few games – well, the Dodgers were down. Like, you're down six after the first before you hit. You're down three before you hit in the first two games. That's just tough to come out of. But in the second game, the Dodgers had chances to tie the game, take the lead, and they didn't. And, you know, when you get to that part, there's no excuses, even if you were down early in the game. Um, but it's just like there, there's no right answer to this. It's just a matter of, hey, you should hit the ball better if you're a hitter and, and you know, whatever the case is. Because, you know, a hitter's meeting, they might throw a bunch of stuff at you, but at the end of the day, like, you're still up there in the box. Like, if you don't – if you go up in the box – if they told you, hey, the guy throws, you know, 72% of the time throws this on the first page, blah, 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 and you're like, you know what? I don't care if he throws a slider 72% of the time. I'm going to go up here and I'm going to look for a pitch fastball. And then, you know, you get a first pitch fastball and you do something with it. You know, did you keep it simple? Yes. Did you also have analytics? Yes. Like you decide in the moment or of how you want to handle that. So I think there's, 
a lot of different ways to go about it. And I do think that obviously the Dodgers the last two years, the way they've gone about it hasn't worked out, but I don't know if it's, you know, a full on philosophy change. I I think this year, kind of what we talked about in, in, I do think this year the Dodgers got a little bit impatient and it might have cost them because they were pressing so much for runs, you know, being down the whole time, which I can understand. But we talked about a little bit of of passing the baton and, you know, a couple of those innings the Dodgers had, whether they had runners on or, or whether, you know, against the reliever that maybe struggled. There was that one inning against Kevin Ginkle where he threw like, two or three real strikes to Mookie, Freddie, and J.D. Martinez, and he retired all of them. He struck out two of them, and he got J.D. to to ground out or pop out, whatever it was, and that was all with the runner on base. And, you know, had the Dodgers been, you know, had Mookie Betts, had Freddie Freeman been looking to pass the baton more so than pressing to actually, you know, come through with the hit or something like that, you know, could could they have reached base? Could they have been a little bit more patient and, and gone about it that way? And, you know, maybe, but also, you know, could they, and if it would have happened the other way where, you know, they they swung out a first pitch fastball and then just grounded out or popped up or whatever the case, and it's just like, you know, could you have worked the count a little bit more? Maybe. or And then if you didn't, like, there's no for sure answers to this. I do think the Dodgers, it's one of those where the it's happened on both sides, where, like, the entire year something has worked for you, and then you get to October, small sample size, you feel pressed, whatever, and then you do something different. Dave Roberts has done it, you know, on the pitching side in terms of bringing in relievers that he probably wouldn't have brought in during the regular season or, you know, bringing in Kershaw and leaving them out there or, you know, you had relievers that got you through the entire season, <clears throat> you know, bringing Julio in, in in 2021. You have relievers that got you through the season, you know, why not give them a chance to do what they were are here to do? You know, and on the hitting side as well, like you've been working counts and, you know, drawing walks and everything the entire season. You know, why change that now? And like I said, this year I can understand a little bit more because you're you're down runs. Like if you're somebody if you're an offensive player for the Dodgers and you're down by five, like just taking a walk with the runner on base really help me right now. I don't you know, I might not feel that way. I might feel like a double might help us more than a walk. And you know, maybe, yeah, would have, but you didn't get a double and you didn't get a walk. And now, you know, stars have one out and will run around instead of two out or two runners on and nobody out. So I think it, it's a, you know, a, just a shift in, in how you think about things is, is tough to do. But I do think the Dodgers, for whatever reason, do go away a little bit from what they've had success with in the regular season. And it's hard not to in a short series. It's hard not to when, you know, you're down runs or you're chasing or whatever the case. But, you know, there, there's no way to fix this right away. And uh, if there is, I hope the Dodgers can figure it out. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to subscribe and listen and become an everydayer and tell your friends and tell your family and do all those good things and help us uh, help you. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at since 91 DMs are open on both of our accounts if you need to get a hold of us for questions, comments, or concerns. You can also get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5673. 
0625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, turn your mind to play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.